Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. What up, what up, what up? It is the Chop Up Show. I was excited because I thought we had, okay, he's back. Uh, I got nervous there. He just he disappeared in the thin air. But the four of us are in the building. I know uh, it's looking a little different today, but we're going to explain what's going on here. I'll start off with myself. This is your girl, Toya G. Happy to be with y'all for another Monday. We are in the first Monday of December 2021. Yeah, I know I like to keep an eye on that calendar, keep an eye on that clock, and that thing is moving and grooving. So we only got a couple more of these things uh, to get through the month with, and I'm happy to be doing it with y'all. We got a special guest. So before we even get to everybody up in here, real quick, guest, go ahead and drop briefly who you are, what you're talking about, what it is, and then we'll slide it over to the rest of the hosts. What's up? What's good, y'all? What's good? My name is Raul Stephen, and I am the founder of Social Justice Tech, um, where I help Black people break into technology with no prior tech experience. And I'm also the founder of Afocons, which is a, a NFT and blockchain design company where we build metaverses, NFTs, and worlds. Love it. Love it. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to really peel the layers back on it's that. Sound like witchcraft to me, son. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, who else we got? Yo, y'all know what it is. It's the political plug. Yeah, we back. You know what I'm saying? Got one of my debate niggas on here. Y'all know how we do. We got, a, we got a huge network. If y'all just thought we was dope. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of dope niggas like us, you feel me, in all type of different shit, different realms and all that shit. And we're gonna get into that today. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm ready to I got I I'm gonna be I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna be the Debbie Downer tonight. Not gonna lie. I'm invested though. Like I'm not not like to push people out, but I I I got some questions, bro. We gotta talk, bro. Okay, name. Uncle Damo. Um, you know, <laughs> hey, first name, hey, first name conscious, last name Lee. You feel me? That's how, that's how, that's how what's, what's I think about that one. You know what I'm saying? The new one. <laughs> we, we, we gonna see. We work on it though, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Me, catch me at theconsciously.com. You feel me? Make sure you, while you can, get this take 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 advantage of this once in a lifetime deal for this eighty nine dollars for this class lifetime access identity politics race class ability gender sexuality all that. Education is elevation. Tonight, though, we finna get into this virtual, you feel me, currencies. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of uh, witch witchcraft, as Damos, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like a lot of misinformation and paranoia and anxiety that surrounds the concept of virtual money. You know what I'm saying? But I'm getting ahead of myself, Toya. Uh, you got it. I, I'm excited for tonight. Damo gonna be Uncle Damo. I'm gonna be excited as shit, because I think it's changing the world right now. But yeah. Before we get into the meme bones of it, definitely want to tap in with the comments real quick. Corey asks, wait, you enjoyed your brother-in-laws? They are not brother-in-laws. They are brothers, and that is Dominique's sister in the very black familial sense where we are not uh, blood-related, but everybody's kin, you know? So we locked in like that um, in the same way. So, you know, that's how that works. Uh, that's my dog. I mean, we will fuck you dog. up behind each other. That's what that means. <laughs> People that don't know what that means, they mean we will fuck okay. you up behind each other. So get real quick. I just wanted to take the opportunity to tell people to make sure they hit like, subscribe, share, really share, because a lot of people will benefit from this conversation. We want to definitely connect people to a lot of the knowledge that uh, Raul is about to be dropping. So like it, love it. If y'all ain't here, let's see. Let's see some life out of y'all real quick, either in the comments or the likes and the love. Some let us know you in the building. But also share, hit the share button real quick. That way people can go back, double back and follow up with this conversation because Raul is about to drop some good business. Before we get into all of that, though, 
right? The blockchain, the crypto, the uh, uh, Ethereum, I think is the name. I might have said it wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. Ethereum. Uh, before we get into all of them, right? We want to drop into a snapshot real quick because, you know, a lot, a lot of life been happening. A lot of life be happening around us. So we're going to turn it over to the plug and talk a little bit about the snapshot real quick. What's going on, Lee? You said the plug or you said what's going on, Lee? I mean, uh, the plug, Damo. What yeah, yeah. Really? My bad. Let's, You're right. Uh, let's get it. Um, <laughs> so, Snapchat. Uh, another school shooting. This is America. Right. I think 27 um, for 2021, by the way. Uh, which is ridiculous. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, I mean, that's a whole conversation within itself, right? Um, but there's a unique conversation happening around this most recent shooting um, that took place in Michigan. Uh, so Oxford. in Oxford, Michigan, it's a suburb of Detroit. Um, a teenager uh, pulled up in a face shot for high school students. Um, and I, I think it injured two, uh, two other people. Um, this individual's parents have been charged with involuntary manslaughter. Now, the individual at question is a 15-year-old. Let's let that sink in. Being charged as a 15-year-old. Currently being charged with four counts of first-degree murder and terrorism. Okay. The parents have been charged due to uh, their involvement with getting him access to the weapon that was used in the uh, shooting. One, he was too young to have the gun. They bought it for him as a gift. Right? That's all, off break, that's already the no-no. Right? His accessibility to the gun, as well as certain issues that arose in terms of his own mental health, that were pointed out by staff at the school what was going on. The parents declined to act in multiple instances, even leading up to the day of the incident. They're being charged with involuntary manslaughter. Conversation taking place on social media, uh, specifically between uh, Worst of Five Nine and uh, DL Hughley. Right, is a conversation about white parents actually being held culpable for producing little murderers. The same way that black mothers are being are are held culpable or be are accused of creating and manifesting little gangsters and thugs and all of that. So Moynihan that report. information. You said what? Moynihan report. Moynihan. You, you already know. So with that being said, uh with these parents being charged in voluntary manslaughter, uh, are we starting to see a shift in the way white parents are held uh, uh, responsible, or specifically like white mothers, the way that black mothers are held responsible and pathologized um, is, as black fathers are accused of being absent. Uh, so, so y'all go ahead. Uh, what do y'all, or do y'all think this shift is taking place? What y'all think? Well, nope. I mean, I'm Lee. Yeah, I know nah. you've been talking about it on your 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Royster Five Down DL Hughley for uh, sharing my video that I made about you know what I'm saying the comparative analysis really about how the black community really just always get ridiculed for producing thuggetry and producing black on black crime and all these type of thugs and thinking about how there's a phenomenon of white culture white people you know what i'm saying going into schools and you know what i'm saying shooting them up i think that this is it's kind of too early it's the first time i feel like we all can recognize the uniqueness of this case in terms of what led up to it as well as the parents being charged for it um i feel like only time will tell but i think that uh if i'm being in my pessimistic mind hell no nah. these white folks ain't finna get paid ain't finna get held accountable nothing at all when it comes to what white american culture produces in terms of white individuals i mean i don't know i if the so the, is the, the question is whether it's good or not well uh, is there is there a shift with these parents being charged is this I indicative think- of a shift in in the way that white parents are viewed as uh the, the culpability that they are held to um, I don't think this is. Happen. I don't think this is a, as much as a shift as it is a precedent, right? We understand that this has happening in a legal framework. So I don't think that the paradigm by which we look at white parents and their responsibility for their uncontrolled white kids and those white children's inhibitions, particularly when they end up being violent, I don't think they're going to have to start taking more responsibility for that. I think it's going to set a dangerous precedent for black parents even more so. It's going to make the the cost even more steep for black parents because of the way that they're able to look at the systems, I mean, the symptoms and look at the signs uh, of uh, things like unfit households and, you know, especially from the context of black people, they're able to go down a checklist and say, okay, you live in this type of neighborhood, this type of environment, this type of community, you are already predisposed to doing these things and your parents didn't do anything to get you out of this, they're responsible. Boom, I'm going to go ahead and charge them. So now when somebody who you know, is independent, makes their own decisions, departed far away from what they've been taught, how they've been shaped, but their parents are victims of their situations or from their communities, they become culpable for crimes they end up committing because we know, uh, you know, the, the, the way that the revolving, door of stru- the revolving door of structural violence works. It predisposes some to crime. They commit crime, now they're innocent. So it's just, it's, it's, it's messy. It's messy. When I think of a shift, I don't think the paradigm is shifting to where more white parents are going to be in trouble. I think it's actually going, as it typically does, come at the expense in a very legal, material way for more black and brown families. And so I don't, I don't know if it's, you can celebrate it as a slam dunk. Bro. <laughs> so, so that's a, so that's a, okay. So that's, I would say that that's a, that's a no for the, for the, for the white parents being held more culpable, but there is a shift that will take place. That's going to be to the detriment of black parents. My distinction was, I don't think there is a shift. I think there's a precedence, right? I don't precedence. think shift okay. precedence is necessarily the same because shift means that there's a change. The more white parents will be found responsible for the things that their white children do so on and so forth, whatever. I think right. it will create a precedence for more people to be charged and some of them will be white, but a lot more of them will probably disproportionately be from black parents because they're able to go down a checklist and say, mm. created the environment for your child to go commit a crime. And we charge them with that. Are. This, so this, now, this makes me yeah go ahead this makes, this makes me think a lot about the crack versus heroin situation right like what mm-hmm. what is the currency of outrage who's deserving of its spending mm-hmm. and then who gets to retain how long that outrage is valuable and i think that yeah. what we're seeing right now is like the initial outrage of like you know children but now white children dying which all children should be protected right but when like there's these new kinds of people on the line right that more people want to like get involved, more people want to do more. So I think the real question is like, is this sustainable? 
like for mm-hmm. white parents to be held accountable because it's like they use punitive measures for crack, but it's like they don't use it for heroin. So it's like, are they eventually going to get past the point where it's like, oh, it's not a punitive measure. You just need a better parenting or like, how do we think about this issue in a way that doesn't like bring culpability to these parents? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very negative on it. I think it's a solid no. Um, but I, I hope that, you know, something better happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead, sweetie. I was gonna say it's no different from when a you know a white guy you get a Derek Chauvin but you get a thousand more people who end up you know be, getting the opportunity to walk away scot free so then that also complicates how you know meaningful you can look at these decisions. I'm definitely happy they got captured and charged, and I really do hope they go to jail. But I'm not gonna hold yeah. my breath for that today. Uh-huh. With the, it's the spectacle oh, of the law, like you know what I'm saying, like the legal professors Tibbs and Woods would say, like these yeah. these these court these type of national headway headlining <laughs> trials become just spectacles of the law for us to just really i feel like hold up until way where we camouflage the for everyone Derek chauvin there's 50 hundred betty shelby's you know what i'm saying yeah. Like shit, yeah. You know? so it's like you know that. right and i i think it's one of those things where and i say this and uh we could go ahead and get to the um to the conversation um it's one of them things where it you you couldn't not charge them you know what I mean? Like it, it, it was it was no way that you was gonna look at all the circumstances, them getting in the gun, them not picking them up, like when all the red flags was there and everybody else is doing their job except the parents. Yeah. <laughs> like like right. you got you have uh, uh school staff that's paying attention. Not only are they paying attention, they reporting, right? The the school itself is taking it serious and, and reaching out to the parents, and the parents are refusing that. And in the videos that I made, the reason why I was surprised, you feel me? And I ain't say this in the video specifically, but a part of it, subconscious, like, hey, Michigan not too far from Wisconsin, goddamn. And Kyle Rittenhouse, mama, didn't get charged with nothing, getting nothing, nothing, nothing. What I know about the law, I ain't no legal scholar, I ain't no no lawyer, but it's like, hey, if you commit a crime and it puts you in a position where you have to, quote, unquote, defend yourself, you are not in a legal parameters to defend yourself because you shouldn't Mm -hmm. have been in the first place. So I feel like, you know what I'm saying, with that right there, I was like, that's why I was surprised, but I digress. Though. I'm ready to get into this crypto conversation. Well, no, I'll say this and then you can finish it up. So so really just the point that the point that I'm making is just that uh, we can't look at like the like these just extreme instances of failure on somebody else's part and then say that, oh, OK, now because these people are being called out and it's a shift. No. Like it, it, it don't work like that. Like we, it's again as we talk about all the time on this show that what's really fucked up about the society that we live in is what's been normalized. What's like okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And so, like when you look at a situation that every that there's a consensus universally, we're all like, "What? Well, that's not okay." That's not a situation to use to be like, "Oh, okay, we change it." Nah, it's, it's a situation where we disagree. And you gotta change your mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it can't be like, oh yeah, we agree on this. Like, nah, you gotta and with that initial disagreement is a knee-jerk reaction that's tied to how you've been socialized to react to certain identities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's so it's when that knee-jerk reaction happened, and then you gotta call into question that knee-jerk reaction, then we have a shift. But if 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 people if they're not calling into question the shit that they would immediately defend. There ain't no shit like that taking place. Ain't no shit happening. So yeah. So that's the snapshot. Um, another one. It's sad, bro. Let's get into it. 
All right. Uh, we'll transition over then to the segment that I think we've been doing pretty solid once a month here now, really getting to talk to different Black folks about uh, corners, crevices, and components of our Black existence that we don't often get into um, or get to get into. We don't often get a lot of spotlight. Uh, but today is going to be unique. Raul got a chance to introduce himself uh, toward the beginning of the conversation. I want to give him another chance to do that again. So I'm going uh, um, to ask him and he'll in a roundabout way kind of drop all the creds. Uh, but I'm excited for this conversation or this segment of Black People Don't where we get into uh, the financial literacy, the financial prof- proficiency uh, to participate in the new wave of digital currency, right? Uh, a language of vocabulary and understanding of how moving money is now moving. Um, in the 21st century uh, uh, American and the 21st century world and how you can kind of be a part of that wave and really uh, participate in it, but also not just do it for the sake of doing it, but really have it be a reflection of how black people can potentially expand their wealth, expand their relationship to uh, expand their relationship to wealth, be on a new wave of something that can really bridge the gap potentially or start to bridge the gap between what we know to be generational wealth, right? Between how we see and set up, you know, a plan for, the future of our children, uh, the future of our families, just by learning about how money um, and value is moving in our society. So that's why I thought it would be cool to have Raul come in um, and talk to us a little bit. Raul, uh, how how did you go from this? Because you little brother on the call, right? Uh, we right. were just talking before the show about how, you know, young back in the day, I think I was in college, grad school, probably seeing you bopping around at debate camp. You know what I'm saying? You were talking about your debates against George, your first time in Elims, and he on his way out of competition altogether. And then if that's the case, then you know grandfather and uncle uh, Damo was on the way off the scene as well. But we definitely did the debate thing. You know, we did the academia thing. You were teaching for a minute, and then all of a sudden, I saw a complete switch up and and what you were excited about, your passion had changed a little bit. So talk to us about how you made the transition from what you were doing before to getting knee deep, neck deep at this point uh, and what you're doing today. For sure. So thank y'all for inviting me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I like kind of came into tech in a really random and wild way. Uh, I was in grad school to be a social worker. Um, and the reason I like decided to go to grad school is because I wanted to help black people build social enterprises, which are businesses that allow black people to make money while also adding value and like, making an impact in their community. And they didn't send me my refund check. And I'm here like struggling. And I'm like, yo, like my loans are fully out. They have all of my money and social work is a licensure program. So you have to do it full time. You can't work. You can't do anything else. And I was like, yo, what am I supposed to do? So um, something's like I was scrolling on LinkedIn and I saw an application to a coding boot camp and I applied and um, I went through the coding boot camp and it changed my life. I mean, I unfortunately didn't finish it all the way, but I was able to learn enough that I was able to like get a really high paying role in a tech startup. And, you know, like from there, everything just grew and I was able to find, um, I started off as a blog called Social Justice Tech, where I was just like sharing some content on my journey. And then it grew into like me helping my friends with resumes. And now we have a team where um, we empower like a whole bunch of black people every month to transition to technology through like career preparation, career coaching and different services. Okay. And so you said, give me the timeline on that. How long did it take oh. you from being introduced introduced to coding, a coding boot camp that you didn't even finish to gaining the proficiency to now, you know, have the relationship, do the mentoring, do the resume so, building that you're doing right now? So the coding boot camp that I was in, the way that it worked is like you had to learn to code before you even got there. And that was less than a year ago. Um, mm. And 
I'm very obsessive. That's that debate trait that so we you have. You have to learn how to code before you did before, the boot camp. Yeah. So when you were doing it was like one of the hardest boot camps in the country. And when I got a scholarship, I didn't know that. The scholarship mm. was contingent upon me um getting like past this technical test. And I had a lot of like imposter syndrome that I had internalized. Um, like I had ADHD, I have ADHD, and like having that was very difficult to study. But essentially what happened is I like called my aunt one day, like, and I was like, yo, I'm not paying no more New York City rent. Like, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing. Can I come and live in your basement for a few months? And she was like, yeah. So I went and I taught myself how to code in her basement in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And from there, I was, like, taking pictures, doing photography, social media marketing. Um, and I started, like, helping people, like, learn about technology. And all of that happened, like, in the last year. Um, and I got into, like, the no-code movement, which is how you develop programs, applications, and databases without um, coding. Um, and eventually, like, I got a job where I was managing, like, um, you know, six professional sports teams worth of advertisement hmm. um like wow. accounting for millions of dollars and i was like managing like eight or nine different data dashboards so like a lot of it is about like being fearless about it right like the biggest thing i, I feel like is every four year skills change so i thought that like yo i'm so far behind but mm -hmm. the, the speed and acceleration of new tech new innovation is getting so fast that if you're not continuously learning, you're being left behind. So like now is the perfect time for anyone to jump in. Like I have friends that do IT, they make six figures and they have felonies and it's like mm -hmm. their, their lives are changed because of access to this field. So I think that there's a lot of empowerment that can come from it. Gotcha. So, I mean, tell me and, and I feel free, you know, uh, plug and lead to jump in with some questions I about how this thing kind of developed. I guess my question is, so, how did you how did the boot camp even come on your radar? Like as somebody who's just like, all right, I can I got a basement I can stay in. I'm done paying some rent. I'm about to just learn this and kind of just or maybe I don't have to do all of that, but I'm ready to switch gears. Like do I just Google crypto boot camp or yeah, like, yeah. what, 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 what am I looking for? So what I what right. I do, what I oh pardon me. What I what no, I do was, I um I just applied like a lot of people don't really shoot their shot like you wouldn't be surprised like you'd be surprised so many of these scholarships actually go under applied and sometimes funded spots don't get filled or like they'll decide between one or three people per seat which is like competitive but not super competitive um and yeah I like just I applied and I just like shot my shot I, I didn't know what I was doing to be honest but what I did know is that there was a lot of money and opportunity and I knew that if I could learn to code and to do basic technology tasks and like technology related like freelance work i could teach other people to do that and that could help my cousins who didn't want to go to college like my family my friends and like that's exactly how i started going i started putting my friends on redoing their resumes telling them go to this website right like there's free code camp free code camp anyone can go on there learn how to code leave with a portfolio that actually impacted their community zero like fees hey, hey into into just just so everybody know when you say coding what the hell that mean and specifically like what is you doing yeah so what i was doing was i was um developing different programs using coding and different coding languages so there's javascript javascript is like the main language that the internet is built off of mm -hmm. um the way you could think about it is kind of like the organs of the internet um and uh html is like the words on the internet and css is kind of like the art or the way that we interact with it so like those three different languages you learn in order to like build together into different programs. So you can start something as small as like a calculator and, or as big as Facebook. Um, and, and there's different like languages, but the biggest thing that I learned about is like any other language, like if you immerse yourself in it, you'll learn. Um, and that's really all that it takes. Interesting. So 
I, I mean, I kind of want to get into then, and I, because I know George is kind of into some of this. We talked and had an episode. If y'all haven't listened to our episode, we were definitely highly skeptical of the metaverse, but this is also a world that Raul has uh, a, a vocabulary for um, and a fluency for as well. But when we get into, you know, kind of your specialties, well, first of all, what, what would you say your specialties are? Like, what are you like? This is a big world, but this is this is where I get in and get down and can really put people on. What do you specialize in? I think uh, I specialize in like research and like um, emerging, like diversity, equity, and in- inclusion in emerging tech technology. Um, and that could mean anything from like, you know, metaverses and web three, but I also think it, it means like careers and like the current status of tech. Like we're still very early. So there's a lot of things that I participate in, but the biggest thing is that no one's an expert. And like, that's what I'll be trying to tell people is that like a lot of the people are bullshitting you and like everyone about like their expertise like everyone is learning and if like you commit yourself to that learning process you realize that like everyone else you remember like growing up people i remember my uncle used to be like yo you're so good with the computer because i used to know how to use lime wire right i wasn't stealing right. nothing though but you know what i'm saying <laughs> I was down yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, like basic shit with the computer and press like i can yeah. get that motherfucker to turn on exactly when they can. and that's My that's friend. what it looks like they <laughs> still call me the data hookup shit to the tv that's exactly like where we're at right now so that's what it looks like so what i really specialize in is like how does emerging technology like impact black people and that's like really the lane that i'm um working in and the kind of work that i'm doing and that's why i'm so big on the metaverse and everything that's happening right now yes so khadija you in the comments talking about this sounds interesting but i took one data science class and realized tech wasn't for me raul says otherwise says come back i ain't i ain't really interested in coding you feel me? I ain't interested in coding, but I think I got a certain expertise and perspective that I can get in where I fit in. You know what I'm saying? Like, we did the episode about the metaverse when it first came out. Niggas was like, ugh, that's crazy. But now I done did more research on it, and shit, it's inevitable. You know what I'm saying? The question is, at this point, is, is metaverse going to be influencing and determining most shit in our life in 10 years, or is it going to be in five? Or is it going to be in 30? Or is it going to be mm-hmm. next year type shit? Adoption. It's, 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 it, ain't, it ain't going nowhere, though. Like, Locally, Facebook is it dominates. You feel me? Like that's how you keep in touch with your high school people and your college people and your family. And it's just like, hey, your grandma and them probably gonna get out. They gonna figure out the metaverse. Goddamn, your grandma gonna have NFTs and an avatar in in a in a, in a Louis Vuitton. You know what I'm saying? Digital. But, but but what is the inevitability of it? Say though, like to 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 argue that it's 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 inevitable. I mean, because again, the inevitability of it. Well, this is Raul's conversation. Let me not. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 let's. I'm, let's, I'm, let's, I'm, let's, I'm let's with you. Well, no, I mean, because I, I, a nice little sensible like, debate. Yeah, I mean, well, because this is the thing. It's like it, in terms of what's necessary to deal with. I'm not going to argue with you. You know what I'm saying about that? Like, like uh, how like technology, how it be in the future, all of that shit. I'm. I mean, you you right, like. The rate at which technology advances is, you know what I'm saying? The, the better technology gets, the better technology is made. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's one of the things that's going to happen. I think with things like uh, Meta, though, is it when we're already talking about Facebook, like scientifically, like empirically, like even Facebook knows this, has a negative impact on society, like evolving the reach that that facebook then has you know what i'm saying or or you know as much as we go to facebook 
or, or you know, I mean, we bring Facebook to us, us going to Facebook, us going to this landscape mm-hmm. that's already, you know, what I'm saying, created uh, a detriment on the the, the mental um, capacity of black or uh, all people, specifically younger, the younger generations. That's dangerous. Like we, it, it, there, there's certain issues that we ain't even dealing with with just statuses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just text on screen, Best. fucking up people's minds. We ain't dealt with that yet, but we yeah. already talking about like the, I, I mean, I was just reading an article about the haptic gloves that that's mm-hmm. that's giving that's giving them the capacity to like when you grab something in the metaverse, like you feel that in your hand. You know what I mean? Like PlayStation Five controllers is already wow, yeah, high tech in the mug, but. The, the way that what you saying, I, I was gonna say that the way that I think about it, like I definitely understand where you're coming from, and mm-hmm. I think that like I feel you, you know what I'm saying? Like we're a hundred percent going into black mirror, and something that I want to tell and I always <laughs> yes. tell all black people is you're either in someone else's world or you're in the world you build and own. And if you're not in a world that you built or own, you're in someone else's world, and like I, I I'm like really passionate about getting black people to understand that like this is inevitable, right? Like my grandfather, I always make jokes about like how my grandfather like had access to like all this like money and resources when he was younger. And like he could have brought brownstones in Brooklyn, but he brought homes in the Dominican Republic. And I never thought growing up that I would ever see him like using any social media. But the other day I saw him scrolling and he's blind in one eye on Instagram. Mm. And I'm like, the algorithm has him hooked. Yeah. It's like if, if, adoption eventually got to my grandfather with the internet in 20 years mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and we're already on zoom right we're having this podcast like virtually right here on screen yard and on like, facebook yeah. companies like microsoft are investing in technologies that will allow us to have this this, this conversation three-dimensionally i can see all of georgia's locks right like y'all could see my beard the waves i can see everything we can create like a digital office in a room and mm-hmm. it could be immersive and i think that like it's a tool like anything else we could either use it like you use your superpowers for good or you use your superpowers for bad. And like that's what it comes down to is like I'm trying to have black yeah, people. Superpowers exist already. Well, the question no. is who is using them for good and bad? If if you know how to code and develop, you can build worlds. Like I want people to understand the gravity of that. Like there's people in Haiti and in different like parts of the world who are empowering themselves through like very like simple access to the internet and they're building worlds, buying appliances, doing a lot. Mm-hmm. So we can cut out the middleman right here, and, and I'm and, I, and I'm not asking this in a skeptical mm-hmm. fashion either. Though. Like I'm for real, for real. Are you telling me that if more black people learn the code? Because let me let me say my fear. Right, my fear is that it is the accessibility aspect in terms of like the uh, being able to access like uh, like this like this type of technology is expensive. And even I think one of the things that stood out the most to me about the meta announcement was how Mark Zuckerberg was admitting that I mean, you guys are gonna take some bread. You feel me? We're gonna we're gonna figure out ways to make it more um mass produced and, and make it more accessible eventually. But as we start to build it, it's gonna be something that you're gonna have to, you know what I'm saying, do like the, the accessibility portion like like in terms of uh uh finances, you feel me? is extremely fucking important and so from that perspective uh are you saying that black people learning how to code will make access in landscapes like the metaverse cheaper 
I 100% believe, and I think even people that don't learn how to code, this is one of the biggest things I want to emphasize is that like a lot of the work that I do and like the work that the people that I'm interested in do is no coding. So that's what happens when people build these like platforms where you can integrate code through drag and drop or through just like designing the program. So like what it does is it takes it so that black people don't now have to go and get a computer science degree for four years, five years. Now what they can do is they can go on YouTube, figure out how to use the basic experiments in the same way that someone can learn Fruity Loops. Like mm -hmm. I think if we're able to design complex beats that sonically represent themselves three dimensionally, why can't we do the same with images? It like, yeah. it, it, and, and too, to add to that, it's like recognizing that right now, cryptocurrency and even the metaverse, it's, it's, it's not in the way that settlers said it, but it's like a real frontier. And right now, it's literally based off of who can get in first, who can already put it in. When I think about finances, I think about how old white men are gatekeepers in oil and real estate and finance and automobiles and all those industries. I think of this industry being so new now that you literally have the top five banks scrolling on Instagram right now trying to find niggas like him and put money in his pocket to, to create them a blockchain. Or to yeah. make it where he's going to do It's literally what they're doing. They're pouring millions and millions of dollars in. So when I know that. Right, but, that but that means that they're still gatekeeping. Say what? That means that they're still gatekeeping, though. It's, it's different, though. In the no, blockchain. that means they're trying to gatekeep. That's what that means. Yeah. Because right now you have also a whole part of the internet that's like, nah, fuck that centralized shit. We're not fucking with y'all. Exactly. That's why they're throwing around so much money trying to create, quote, unquote, Sellouts if someone someone put it in the you know in the dystopia world. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's yo it's to, deep, bro. to add on to what what George is saying. There's an ethos like you got to understand. Like this is a community of people that's really small and tight. Like everything that people read online, I want you to know that like it's probably really late and wrong. Like the only way you know is if you're talking to the developers, you're on Twitter Spaces, Clubhouses, or Discord chats. So like, like everything that is happening right now is all speculative. And what I'm trying to say is that like companies are trying to come to people like us that develop and design because a five person team can directly compete with Microsoft. Literally, like, five person team. Like, I, can, I, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. So I think I the, the, the biggest reason I think black people should, and I encourage black people who have the desire to, or even have the, the inkling to do it, want to learn how to code and should learn how to code is because it's a question of literacy. Like in the same way that we were barred from reading Bibles because Bibles mm -hmm. gave us tools to like talk about the law. Like we don't have the tools to talk about like the infrastructure of the future. Like if right. you cannot read, eventually everything's going to be what's called a smart contract, right? Which is like a quoting algorithm. Right, like everything's gonna be in in this new language. Like, how many of us can read contracts in what what's called Web two, right? In the regular world now, how many of us can read these kind of contracts? Very few, right? Mm -hmm. Even when we freelance, but it, then it's like if we already don't know Web two, if most of like the black world doesn't have electricity and running water yet, then we're gonna get left two economic revolutions behind, mm -hmm. and that's what I think is at stake. It's that I think that this is the matrix, and I always jacked that I'm Morpheus as a joke. Because, like, if you get left behind and out of it, by the time you join, you're joining on someone else's terms and you will have no self-determination. And I think That's that, like... literally what the metaverse is about. Bro, no self-efficacy in the, in the, in the like... Yes, like, I mean... Like, 
JM is in the comments. I'm kind of seeing people scroll through, and and definitely thank you to Miss Maisha for showing love. Definitely, uh, we we out here trying to generate some conversation, generate some knowledge, or at least contributing to that. But y'all know how we get down on the chop up show. George, we told y'all best, told y'all first. Education is elevation, so that's the goal around here. But JM said, I hope to, uh, I hope black people catch up on quick with this type of innovation. We are we're always uneducated, skeptical, and left behind in the latest innovations, which is basically what Raul was just getting at. You yeah. know, kind of catching we already behind on waves. We don't have yeah. the legalities and we don't have the relationships to networks to break it down half the time. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a business contract, a contract about our future, yeah. our, our employment, our housing, there's a lot of questions we end up having. And we rely on, well, it played out like this from this family member. It played out for this person I knew. So I'm going to just go ahead and lean into it without realizing you might have a little bit more flexibility in terms of getting things that you need, right? Including yeah. how your money is set up and how your money moves. And so a lot of that makes sense to me for sure. Uh, Infinite Blink said, uh, blockchain is an opportunity to take the tech, take the tech back from these major corporations, Google, Tesla, Facebook, Microsoft, et cetera, which alludes to what y'all were saying in terms of being, you know, in lockstep, you and four people you trust, you know, taking on Microsoft, taking on some of these country companies and not necessarily taking them on, but competing with them. That way they can't uh, roll into the gatekeeping role, if I'm understanding what y'all saying, um, so easily or in ways that, you know, are not congruent with this community. You know, Raul said it best. It's a tight knit kind of unit, a group of people who are agreeing that decentralization is the best way to move and, you know, to have the ability, the flexibility of new systems, new terms, new ways of understanding how this currency moves is interesting. Um, I want to shift the conversation, not really shift the conversation, but talk about something that I came across. Because, again, I'm building a new vocabulary about this here. But is it Quavo who has an NFT? Something like it's not Quavo. It's a takeoff. Take off uh, take with off. Apes in space. The biggest the world. I mean, in the country of the year. With uh, so what is it? Apes in space, and he's letting people buy share. Like break break that down. With whatever y'all kind of know about that looks like, and, and whether that's the types of waves we should be on. Because I mean, like I'm I'm seeing this popular person, this celebrity, this start dropping information about it. Megan Thee Stallion is giving these shares, and like I'm I'm trying to figure out what's happening one way or another. So what do we need to know as fans of celebrities, of consumers, when they say, hey, jump on this wave, this is what I'm doing. And we can start with the takeoff conversation or use other examples if you want. Uh, I think I think one of the, the, the bigger examples uh, or like one of the, the one of the first large examples of artists taking advantage was uh, when uh, Toy Lanes made a million dollars in like one day, like uh, like it was like a minute. Like when he released his album, he released his album as an NFT. It was it was a little and, bit of cap. A little bit of cap, though. Yeah, NFL. I clear it up. Clear it up. That's, that's, why, that's why I'm bringing yeah. it up. Because uh, you know what? When he said it, the way that he said like, the way that it was positioned, I'm like, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. You feel me? But that's why I'm bringing it up, though. That's so, why you here, bro. I, I, I feel you. Like, Tory Lanez, like, is a whole, is marketing to the fullest. And that's the biggest thing, like, people have to understand about what's going on in this space is that whatever you pump, the value is not backed in anything. Like, that's the most fundamental part of this. So to, what Tory Lanez did was that he had people pay him in what's called Web2, like in liquid money and US in Canadian money, um, which is not like technically the the way that you like exchange. So like, yes, he may have technically sold NFTs, even though he did like pre-sell a lot of them. He didn't exchange them in crypto. So like um, people do that all the time. Like I've been in, I was in, I was in a Twitter space where someone um, tried to steal $1.3 million dollars. And like the person, the person was a 13 year old. And the way that they figured it out was because he had his mom's Binance account 
connected to like one of the wallets and like they just traced the activity of the wallet and found that information and basically like he was in the twitter space this is all live so it's like people like tory lanes are examples of like real things that happen but like celebrities gas it up like the most important thing people need to be looking for is utility what does it do so like quavo actually physically going to space has a value like tokens give you decision making power it allows you to like be a voter so instead of having a record label i could sell 20 percent of the royalties to the rest of my music career. And I'll calculate how much do I think as an overhead for this entire sprint of like the next 10 to 25 years, I could divide that, break it up into coins, have a sale. And then when I make big decisions, when I have like, when I go on road trips, when I do anything, I can divide it among all my token holders. So that's why it's called NFTs, non-fungible tokens is because like I can have ownership and access via this digital tool that is one of one and I can prove it's only mine and with that access, I can do and give things to my community that are utility. So, quick example, oh, excuse me, take off with the meet with, um, take off talking about like basically, like apes, one yeah. Of the, yeah, the planet apes and going to the moon comes down to like That's utility. Right? His, yeah, yeah it was apes, space apes, it's called space apes. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just being funny, planet apes is going out of space, but you know, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like monkeys in space, and then we talking about him going in space, he take, it's like. Uh, no, yeah. I might have said it wrong, but that is no, no, it's, no, that's, it, it, no, it is what's going on. It is going on, and, and and I think that what's important about what we're saying right now is that we recognize that when it comes to any social media platform and really the virtual trends, black people usually fueling those one nine times out of ten. Whether it's trendy, whether it's a dance, whether it's a saying, whether it's a, a activity or a challenge, we fueling. What we recognize right now is that the people that are literally lining their pockets based off of what we are creating. You feel me? It don't look nothing like us. So when you think about it like this, the owner of Spotify is a billionaire. This motherfucker paying cents on the dollar to the artist that's literally making him his money. The owner, the owner of Spotify ain't never, ain't never been to the studio. One can say one can argue unless he's want to pick up something. He ain't never made no songs, but mm -hmm. he created a virtual space. And I think that that's the importance of the metaverse is that technically Mark Zuckerberg ain't shit, but he created a space in terms of Facebook that now has value. You feel me? And now everybody else sees the value in that. And now we're going over there. So now he gets to dictate a lot of shit that goes on in that space, just like the owner of, you feel me, a Spotify. So and how I make it go, so go, uh, go full around. It's like if we can get into the space. And I already make it where we have people that know how to build, like know how to, like literally, if you know how to play Roblox, little kids to play Roblox. Facts. Those skills to play Roblox are multi-billion-dollar skills. You see what I'm Architect. saying? Architect. It's like literally, Architect. little kids can go to the metaverse and take their skills they didn't then did, and literally create something that can create generational wealth for a long time. About a ten-year-old. You feel me? And I think that's what's important thinking about this meta shit and this crypto shit. That's what I mean by like frontier and what I really mean by like if you ain't, it ain't your space, it's somebody else's space. You want to be on your shit or you want to be on somebody else's shit? But, I think that's just oh, okay. real. That's just real. So let, let me ask the question. When we talk about meta space, though, technically that's Mark Zuckerberg's world. Are niggas talking about creating their own meta space? Is that... Is that Cause like this is what I'm saying. When we talking okay. about like, not on somebody else's land, you oh, feel okay. me? Do you, it's that nigga. Like that's you feel me? Can I like, can I clear something up? You said what? Can I clear something up? 
Yeah, definitely. I oh, no, yeah. 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 Metaverse like, really is. Yeah, so <laughs> Metaverse is like the category of digital experience that we're talking about. So what is a Metaverse? A Metaverse is a multi-sensory experience that tries to replicate life or living in some sort of way. Sometimes it uses virtual reality. Sometimes it uses augmented reality. Sometimes it's sensory experience. Oculus, yeah. right? Like Augmented reality. All of that you can do, right? But like the Metaverse, like Meta is just one example of it. So when you think of it, think of like countries, right? So like right now is kind of like, imagine if there's some sort of scramble for a digital world and like people are either forming their own or preparing themselves to align with others. So right that's now- the, that's, Yeah, that's the clarity that people need because you gotta understand. Facebook is called Meta. <laughs> yeah, they did <laughs> yeah, that on purpose. Yeah, I, I want y'all my, my questions are strategic, folks. <laughs> I want y'all to understand why I'm asking the question that I'm asking. Because uh I, I think what um what uh who said it? somebody said it in the chat that uh, infinite blinks is co-opting the metaverse, right? That but because of marketing, remember where the fuck we at. You feel me? Like I like even even the concept of the metaverse came from literature. Like that's something that motherfuckers been talking about. They know, right? Well, yeah, like this that concept is old, but even like when but then this is where infinite blink fuck up. He say Facebook is like the Christopher Columbus of metaverse. Not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the issue when you have like because the kind like this this is something that exists, it's whether or not the technology, like for example. We know what the fuck the matrix, like the, the concept of the matrix exists. It's whether or not somebody has the the uh, the ability to create the matrix. You know what I'm saying? The, the first motherfucker to create the matrix, right? So everybody else can create a matrix, but the idea is that we like they, motherfuckers is racing to create it. And when you have a, I guess actually we would say Facebook is like Christopher Columbus. Already there. Look, he said, did he really discover America? Hmm. If it didn't bleak with over my head, bro, so I fuck with our chat. My nigga went over my head. I fuck with you, bro. I got it. It took some, it took me talking shit for a little bit to understand. I had to talk myself into the logic. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, but that's the point I was making, though. You feel me? That's the point I was making. So that's why I was asking, are niggas creating their own metaverses? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So we're bringing the undercommons yeah. to the metaverse. That's, that's yeah. what we're doing. I, mean, I, look, I, I know, I know, I know. Shame, shameless plug. Yo, that's crazy because I have everyone on my team reading Moten and they're like, yo, where you learn all this stuff? I'm like, yo, debate. I'm like, if you can create. So the beauty of the metaverse is that we can create hoods that are not policed. Like the problem that's happening right now is that like, I mean, there, there's always the reality of us policing ourselves. But the problem is that, like, we don't have to have the external gaze, right? Like, in our in our blockchain space, if I want to get my own servers, get funky, and just get in the metaverse where all we do is me and my team, we play ball all day, we could do that. George, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. I'm just, I'm just like infinite, like infinite blink is hitting it on the head while I'm recognizing what I know about like web 2.0 and web 3.0 is the metaverse is the evolution of the internet in terms of how much the internet is being infused to things in our everyday life. So how Joe LaDuke, shout out to Joe LaDuke, how you, how you busting down to me? It's like, Hey, when you think about like dial up, there was like web 1.0, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but it's like web 1.0. 
Web 2.0s when we start putting the internet in like our microwaves and shit like that. Well, 3.0 is like literally the more and more we move forward, the more and more the internet is going to be infused into our everyday lives. The right. metaverse, you feel me, is the way that it's like, okay, now we have Tesla. Now you have an electric vehicle that's going to be able to be, you know what I'm saying, powered by virtual shit one way or another. How I view the metaverse is thinking about the the the, the real complex way the matrix is built on the internet and people just being able to build shit in that. Like world star hip hop, one can argue that was a part. Like that was its own metaverse. Mm-hmm. It created its own culture, its own lingo. People had to get into it. This, that, and the other. That was a a, 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 like a, a older version of the internet. Now it's just getting bigger and bigger. So now think about it. We had black TikTok. We got ratchet TikTok. We got woke uh, 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 YouTube. We got lesbian yes. YouTube. It's like we had these different. And to me, that's already a part of what we think about in terms of metaverse. It's now making where. We're going to pass the timeline now. Now, instead of me getting on a For You page to go see Raul's content, I'm going to virtually go to a room to watch his shit. I'm going to put over, you know what I'm saying, whatever, whatever. It's like that, to me, that's the inevitability of the internet. The Oculus shit, my homeboy pulled that shit out last year. Put it on his head. You're able to watch YouTube. You're able to see shit, like, literally turn around and you in there. It ain't some shit for me. You feel me? I don't want to do it. But you best believe that the first time I got $300 to put in that motherfucker, I threw $300 in that stock as soon as I could. I'm already up a couple hundred now. You see, or a hundred now, you see what I'm saying? But I feel like the, the way the world is going, it's like, hey, the way we think of finances, it has to be different where we think about, hey, my money is a worker for me. So every cent I get got to work for me. And the virtual reality is the best way for you to make your money work for you. I'm having a conversation with y'all right now on stream, y'all on Facebook, chop up, right? When I get off of this live stream, I'm going to go check my blockchain and see what happened in the last hour. You feel me? If I want to move some around, I can. If I ain't got to, I want to. You see what I'm saying? I think that that's the revolutionary of it. You feel me? The bank's closed right now. If I see Tesla start going down, I want to pull my Tesla stock. I got to wait to the mall. But Ethereum start going down, I can move that shit right now. That's the part that I feel like is just so crazy and the last thing i say on this is that i wish somebody in when i was in high in college broke down cryptocurrency and stocks like i know trapping you feel me if you buy a gram you might uh, you buy a quarter uh, you buy a qp you buy a pound you buy 10 pounds that's literally how crypto works the more the more you buy the more you can flip the more you buy the more money you can make you see what i'm saying it's like literally being able to understand from that position but definitely we gotta get in where we can fit in, and right now we are literally the trailblazers of what's hot and what's cool. Absolutely, like we we in ground zero. Like one big thing I wanted to add to what you were saying about Joe Ladue's explanation, which is really good, is that Web One is where companies make content and companies get paid. So think of like MTV and like HTML websites, like all those forums that we used to go to. Web Two is where people make content, so like us, but like YouTube, like Twitter. You know what I'm saying? All these intermediaries get paid. That's Web 2. And the clear delineator for Web 3 and the economic differentiator is the the decentralization of it, which is that creators make content and creators get paid. So, you know what I'm saying? If George wants to host some sort of speaking event, he doesn't have to, like, get a venue now. He doesn't have to do everything. He could do it to all his token holders, all the people that have conscious coin. You know what I'm saying? And like they take yeah. conscious coin in their vote. So conscious they're like, oh. coin is coming soon too, y'all. For y'all that want to know, it's coming soon, goddammit. But but yeah, y'all, that's I, I'm really excited about it. I think that there's like a lot of things that happen in web two, like race racism that also happens in the metaverse and in blockchain. 
Um, and we can't like forget about that, right? Like the black- I kind of want to bring the conversation around to is the ways that you know we create these separate worlds, we create these indiv- these other worlds, but some of the same people are going to them. So we end up replicating or by risk replicating some of the same issues we experience now, like um, disparities, like various types of- Have have nice. Various types of telecolonialism, various uh, extremes of anti-blackness. So what happens in the world, and the theory of beauty has an example, imagine your virtual land being stolen from you because you didn't pay your virtual mor- mortgage. And I think even um, a little bit earlier when we were breaking things down, Khadija said- uh, but it sounds like we kind of playing from master's playbook. And I would love if y'all jump in the comments, Khadija, and just kind of elaborate on what you mean by that, like more specifically. But what, I know you know, what, in what ways have we calculated for some of the risk of there to be a variety of disproportionalities, a variety of various types of structural violence? It is a new structure, right? Or a variety of structures. People command these spaces. They create the terms and conditions for how you participate in these worlds. What, what does it look like to navigate that type of thing? Or how, how do we, how should we be contemplating those things? Let me do it. Oh, are you, are you asking Ra- Ra- I said Ra- Raul. <laughs> uh, I'm asking just anybody. Yeah, Raul primarily, but anybody who wants to. <laughs> nah, I, one yeah, of the things, nah, I got you. Um, biggest thing I I think about is like how we value digital assets and reminding ourselves that like nothing in the digital or crypto world is backed by anything but belief. Like we're in a belief economy, right? And what we are seeing is that like black yeah, cyberpunk. Like yeah, yeah black like crypto. Stock market. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you believe in it, like it's worth it. Black crypto punks and black board apes. Like, so black crypto punks are an example of like black representations in the NFT space. They're worth less than their white counterparts. So even though they're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if you go and you get a black one, it's worth less. So it's like, why is this representation less valuable of the skin color? But when you have black features like do rags, like earrings, like grills, like when you have like a, a mugshot in the background, that's called a rarity, which increases the value of it. But when it's not attached to a black person and that black representation, it's like, oh, like y'all take from us like what we bring culturally, but don't like allow us to be. So yeah. yeah. I, I think I think to navigate that. Hold Cause I, I gotta say this, cause I won't, I, I won't, I mean, cause I, I, I feel like Toya kind of been like listening. You know what I'm saying? She ain't really took no stance or swayed away. You feel me? She just kind of been facilitating. Yeah, you know I mean, so I, I so I, I want to throw this out here, and I want to get y'all thoughts on this. How is this not just neoliberalism? It is. Yeah, if I say it is. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so so we agree that it's neoliberalism, right? Then how? To its furthest extent. To <laughs> right, the, but the it, the issue that we come back to though is that it, within neoliberalism is like the free market, capitalism, and accessibility. You know what I mean? And how do we get to a point where? If everybody, if, if if like we know that the, the the myth of neoliberalism is that it's that oh we're making things you know what I'm saying accessible for everybody we're doing it this is this is changing the world this is changing society but it still ends up replicating certain forms of uh like because to, to me I'm gonna just keep it a stack this really creates another form of classism again I get the I get the inevitability of it. 
I get the, 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 you know what I'm saying? Uh, everything associated with the way it's beneficial, but it, it's literally just like, okay, oh, y'all niggas is over there. Shit, nigga, we over. Yeah, you know I mean, this is the, and, it, and it's going to be related to finances. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's gonna be it's gonna be related to a lot of the same uh L's that we that's that's connected to what we already deal with. Facts. And y'all know that. Y'all niggas is just yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, to me, to me, though, your criticism to me, or to me, what you're saying right now, your analysis to me translates to being like, hey, we know capitalism is bad, and you're participating in capitalism. It's like, yeah, don't do me yeah. like that, nigga. Don't do me I, like I ain't that. trying to, ain't trying to play because, like because, because the point of the fact like, that it yeah, matters, though. We live because, in a neoliberal system, and we know that neoliberal. No, 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 well, it's not for Facebook, you know what I'm saying? So we creating our own. We're doing it ourselves. But doing it ourselves portion is supposed to alleviate us from the, the connection to bullshit that we got to deal with now. So if we agree that neo that there is still these aspects of neoliberalism, how then is, is what we, this form of separation, right? Creating our own metaverses. How then do we overcome that, right? Because we're literally like, even, and, and this is, a, and, and again, I, I, I respect what you do, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause like you said, it's, it, it, it's that it's that inevitability. But if we talk in social justice, one of the things that when people talk about getting caught up on, on the tech world and all that shit, them, the tech nerds in Silicon Valley be on the same bullshit that the old money, you know what I'm saying, been on. You feel me? It's just it's just a new face, right? Like racism is, is just as rampant, you know what I mean, in the tech world as it is everywhere else. But the tech world is seen as the more advanced. You know what I'm saying? More. One, one thing that stood out to me in a lot of ways was in the conversation of AI technology. They were talking about uh, like the, the issue with AI is what information that gets put in there that produces that artificial mind, right? And the lack of black uh, 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 people, I, I forget what the term is, you know what I'm saying? The scientists involved in this shit means that there is a, that there is a, because uh, one of the, like the, the leading uh, AI tech, whatever, she left. She was like, I'm not fucking with y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wrote a whole piece talking about like the issues with dealing with those people in those spaces. You know what I mean? So it sounds like oh, as, Google's as head of AI. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, so, it, it was it was a while back though, so I I forgot some of the details. But I remember, I remember when details, you have yeah. yeah, when 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 you have these things existing in the in the in the place that's supposed to take us to the next level. We, I think it's, it's it's crucial to ask the questions of how do we use this to stop what's happening now outside of us just being somewhere else. You know what I mean? Because like we take that, even we take some of that shit with us. Like because even when niggas talk about separating and going back to Africa or just leaving America type shit, that shit is exported. You know what I mean? Like that's the, all that that ways of thinking, those processes are exported. So that's 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 what I'm calling in the question when I bring up neoliberalism, nigga. I'm I'm here. I'm, I'm here with you. Nah, nah, nah. I'm here with you. I'm here with you too. I thought I thought that nigga on both sides of, of the conversation. Like we have to remember, the first product globally exchanged was the African slave, the nigga. So when we think about what it is to create value in the new world, what we're seeing is value run its course, 
and like we've came from we're making value out of something right that like has value it's back the world was backed by black people essentially that's what the world was backed by when we started the global world was backed by black people right and and then that value then became associated with all the other things we value like gold and then it became global economics which is how we know the accumulative and compounding wealth first started i think that what's happening right now is a true and genuine opportunity for black self determination for you to do whatever the fuck that you want with yourself and with your people now this is not going to liberate you from the grasp of capitalism but if you have rice beans and some clean water and internet connection and wifi you and i can live the same lives regardless of where in the world you are and i think that yes it's going to mean that different people are going to have access to different spaces that's already the status quo but i think that what we need to concern ourselves with is like what is the like optimistic capabilities right like what if like me and my team were working on a social coin that brings black people into essentially like a hidden space we're going to have um bodega speakeasies throughout new york we are connected with mad bodega owners and we just going to have like hidden classrooms vibes like parties flexes like workshops everything like in different bodegas and like your token is an nft but it's like these are things i've always wanted to bring people to right and i want to teach people about crypto and the blockchain but it's like people think that you going to try to like scam them or i'm like yo like if you if you learn and you learn and if you not you not so Yeah, yeah and, and, and I'm with the and I'm with the positive shit. I'm with the positive. Yeah, shit. but 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 I saw two things to add, Scott. I, I, I keep bringing up a good a good a good concern. You feel me? A good question. I find that you know what I'm saying, it's pushing it. I think that to, to add to what Rahu was saying too is right now. I would argue that how the internet is structured is really being backed by the feelings and emotions and the pain of black people. And I think that based off of how the trends are are usually fueled by our pain, our suffering. You feel me? I hurt. I recognize that the new space you feel me in 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 the way the internet is starting to evolve it makes it where we get to dictate the value of that and we get to dictate who get to have access to that. I know that now as a like as a creator, I now get to create shit and I get to dictate that value of it. I don't have to go give my, you know what I'm saying, like a random demo or have to give a video it's like, "Hey, I I created this thing. People are coming to me." And I think they were right who's touched on is like the value of it is centered around the popularity and or attention that one is able to gain and not backed by black bodies or not backed by gold. I think that's stuff, you know what I'm saying, a part of it. We all know, and this is what all four of us know about fiat. You know that fiat mm-hmm. is some shit we all buy into. We know that fiat is, you know what I'm saying, the symbols. You feel me? And in my mind, it's like when people bring up that that, that crypto is not backed by anything, in my mind, it's like not, not unique. All money is fiat. You see what I'm saying? And I just think that specifically to, to what you're getting at, neoliberalism is bad. We're recognizing that within neoliberalism being bad, black people are literally being the ones that are being used as the massive signifiers of how neoliberalism should look. I feel like in acknowledging that's going on in the status quo, to me, the question becomes, okay, if I'm going to be sold as the commodity, regardless, I want to dictate, you feel me, how much I'm going to be sold at, and I want to be the main beneficiary of how I'm being sold. And I think that that's just how consciously looks at you feel me the, the crypto world in the virtual world like hey baby boy said you either buying or you selling i ain't trying to buy, you know what i'm saying so shit, i'm out here you feel me that's really how i think quick, the quick, thing gotta be that is really like that though it's like hey you either buying or you get look told you, I, i'm gonna need something definitive from you yo. i'm gonna need something definitive i feel like you've been uh you've been kind of on the i mean i still have a lot of questions fence. that um I, I don't, you know, just the direction of the conversation has kind of been 
and exploring and encouraging people to ask some of these things and look a little bit deeper or whatever. So I don't really know uh, that, you know, I can really choose a side because I still have some things I need to understand a little better. Speaking of, I want to get to uh, uh, Marquise's comment or question, which uh, really is, you know, as we start to close things out, looking for some more information since he has a toe in things. He says, Raul, what open book source project would you recommend for C++ and Java? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Or the C++ part. Is that what this is? Yeah. Um, and also machine learning at a beginner level. So drop some tips in terms of people who's already kind of got a language and a vocabulary for a role. I mean, uh, uh, Marquise wants to know where he should go from here. Uh, yeah, I think the first thing is to pick your blockchain, right? So the way that um, a lot of people like need to learn about it is that they all they know is like Bitcoin or they've probably heard of Ethereum, but those are different blockchains. So the way you should see it is like different highways. So it's like you have different highways and on these highways, you can get off at different exits, and these are the homes that we now call the metaverse. So on a different blockchain, you will have to learn how to operate and interact with it in a different way. So I think that my best recommendation would be to learn about learn Solidity um, and look into Solidity. I don't think that that's like the, a directly response, but Solidity is a coding language of the future. Anyone can learn Solidity. All the people that are old heads in Solidity know it for like one or two years. It's being updated all the time. And like I was in a Twitter space the other day where people were getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for contracts just to code and no solidity. And it was actually a black, a black person, a black man. And he was explaining how um, he learned solidity like seven or eight months ago. And like he already, you know, cleared three mil off of like a project that scaled off of owning 10 percent equity and also getting paid a few hundred thousand dollars. So I think like learning about like how it interacts, how the blockchain interacts with like whatever skill, you know, now is super important. But um, yeah, I would say like explore open projects and try to like participate in the community. So I would go to discords. Every single person here should have a discord. Discord, discord, discord. Definitely. Yeah. Like you could build a, a really strong network there. Um, and a lot of the open source game, a lot of the open source opportunities exist on GitHub. So like have your GitHub open, be a part of Black Tech Twitter. And like that's how I started. Yo, Black Tech Twitter gave me my master's, bachelor's, associates, PhD and all of this. <laughs> Um, hey, which is the power of these social media spaces. Shout out to I Am Black Power Coach KC, who's been up in the comments kind of really lauding this information because it's something that you're not going to learn in the classroom. They're already insistent, based on what I've gotten from my uh, Black Power Coach KC's comments, uh, they already insisted on, you know, the educational system not setting Black and Brown kids up for success as it is. So, you know, we definitely, you know, they're definitely going to make this the world's best kept secret for as long as they possibly can, which is why we need to be leaning in, having these types of conversations um, and, and exploring more options that we have out here. So uh, shout out to you, uh, Coach KC, for showing us some love and definitely dropping. Definitely. Appreciate you know, that, Coach KC. Um, and then uh, just wrapping it up, the last thing I want to get to is Infinite Blink, who wants you to talk about smart contracts. I don't know what you're supposed to say about Yo, smart contracts, um, but but drop us, take us out with some knowledge on these smart contracts. I heard so about it. know about them and how so, we get equipped so smart contracts explained using record labels so i just got signed to the chop up records in web 2 and y'all currently made me exchange what 40 percent of my ownership in exchange for you giving me some seed money to launch my rap career now in web 2 every single time i drop you're gonna make 40 percent, right say less so but if 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 you keep that 40 percent Right. Like 
the value of it is retained in the CD. Let's say somebody brought a physical CD. Let's say we bring it back to like the Nipsey Hustle game. I'm pushing physical CDs in the hood. I sold this and I have to give 40% of this physical CD to my record label. Mm-hmm. I only retain 60% of it. When this person who owns this CD sells it years in the future or sells it to the next person for a profit, how much money do I make? 40%, hopefully. 6%, hopefully. You make nothing because it's a secondhand dealer. It's a secondhand selling. Hey, so, yeah, they got about the back door and, and, and give you. That's why you got licensing. Oh, that's why you have. It, no, so he, the way he's he, explaining it. Yeah, he's, he's explaining it. He's contrasting it. Yeah, so um, this out, so this web two now <laughs> smart contracts means that you'll keep getting paid a percentage forever. So essentially, you're gonna get let's say I put a smart contract where I get 10% of my art. If I'm a black artist, think about Basquiat, right? Like his art like wasn't valued in the same way it's valued now, right? And his estate is making money off of it, but like I, I don't know much about the ownership of the estate, but a lot of black artists' estate aren't actually owned by their families, so it's like if I write smart contracts into my NFTs, the rest of the existence of my people will be able to keep that money because every single time one of my digital assets is moved, I wrote it into the code that I take a percentage. Mm. So like when my art that I sold for $500 now is being sold for $500,000, I'm not here upset being a broke black artist. I have equity in it. And smart contracts allows you to have indefinite equity in what you produce in digital assets in the digital world. So can you have a smart contract with like Tesla or something like that? Or it's only your own shit? So you can have smart smart contracts is basically how you build something that automatically does something else. So they've scaled smart contracts into calling this thing called DAOs. And DAOs are basically like decentralized, um, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations. So there was a DAO that was literally trying to buy the constitution. And it's like, yo, imagine if we just created mm. a, a big student government and everyone gets voting rights. And we all brought in, and now we have millions of dollars to put towards one cause. And they made a DAO, and you can make a DAO for anything. So you, they made a DAO to try to buy the Constitution, and they put a few million dollar bid on it. So, like, that means that every single time, like, if they didn't win the bid, then the money was going to get redistributed out. So yeah. it's like you can create and build programs that kind of do things. And it's just it's really wild. I think it's super interesting. I think that um, black people can go on freecodecamp.com, research Solidity, research the blockchain. Um, and kind of like just start exploring. So a smart contract, like an NFT, a smart, a smart contract is a part of an NFT. A smart contract is the logic by which the NFT distributes is its money and its tokens. So like, like, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So every NFT requires a smart contract to some capacity because it needs to know what to do in relationship to the blockchain. So when black folks can create smart contracts, where now they own the things that they build and they can pass that on as inheritance and retain that as equity for the rest of their existence. This podcast should be an NFT. Well, we'll we know who it is. We have my team and I, we built a little gift for y'all. We have we have a gift for all of y'all. So we're we're um we built a chop up coin and Ooh. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna help <laughs> help help y'all get a three-dimensional chop up coin. And the coin is going to be a, a virtual, a visual representation. You know what I'm saying? Y'all could eventually ascribe whatever value y'all want to it, but we're going to help y'all get it into your wallets in a safe and secure manner. Um, and make sure that y'all, you know what I'm saying, have something to show the people. So we're going to get that mm-hmm. to y'all. 
And it's a big hey, thank you whoa, for thinking hey. of me and thinking of us. But yeah, yeah. We, we're design no, company. No, you shut know? up, Domino. You don't like neoliberalism. I'm bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I mean, now I got something to base my decision off of. I can get some experiential knowledge in order to before before I give my take on whether or not it's survive or not. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Rob. It's all about community. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, even with the shit I was talking about, that shit, like I said, nigga, I, I got I got a big part of cash. Every way in which money is exchanged, I'm nigga, <laughs> shit, I'm there. But that's why you gonna hear my goddamn mouth. Shit, that's what you gonna hear. I'm, I'm, I'm the niggas that don't like spending money. I'm a hoarder. I like I saw I'm the type of nigga like shit. If I was if I was a rapper, I like you I had an Instagram, the the money phone. So I just wanna look at it. Fuck the bullshit. <laughs> I, I I say, like, it's it's all one thing I'll say it's all about relationships. So like this this coin is valuable because we we peoples. So as my notoriety or like influence goes up, as your notoriety and influence goes up, and all of us being coin holders as people that sat in this episode, because we now exchange value through each other, and there's not a marketplace of intermediaries, that's going to be something that can be equity and value for your people as well. So like yeah yo like we gonna we gonna keep talking. We gonna uh, my goal after this is to have y'all mint every single like every single episode for the future so that y'all can be what's called we're going to onboard you onto the blockchain this is what we do for companies this is what we do for organizations like small businesses we onboard them and we consult and um we're gonna do that for the love because we believe in y'all and we know that y'all doing the thing for the people so my mother in well listen that's michael love, uh, michael said in the comments that's love that- he's enjoying the conversation you know what i'm saying i've definitely learned a lot literally gained a lot um from this conversation Raul showing love um out here uh for people who are just like hey i i think i got my little feet wet i I have uh, my appetite is wet now for more of this Raul, where can where they need to find you at where do they need to be going to find you right now before they lose this conversation lose these gems you're dropping i'll I'll be dropping mad gems y'all can follow me on twitter at social justice tech um, and follow my my blog. You can also follow me on Instagram at Street Designer, which is at S T R T D S G N R. So Street Designer, no vowels. And you can follow my consultancy. And we're dropping a project called um, Afro Scholars. Excuse me, Afro Scholars. And you can follow us at Afocons, which is A F O K A N S. And it's on Twitter. And Afocons is an anagram for Sankofa, which means to reach back. And what we're doing is we're building um, NFTs, metaverses, collections, and just different projects that are all reaching back. So um, we have a really dope collection coming, and we think that it's going to be worth a lot. And we think that a lot of the people that are early adopters and like are too tapped in with us are going to be able to like, you know, people were buying uh, Bored Apes for a few dollars, like a few hundred dollars. And now if you have one, you have access to like all these different celebrities and all these different people it's about the value we see so yeah that's what i'm about i tried to drop as many of those ads as i could in the chat so that you, <laughs> you can drop, uh, you drop all of them you drop all of them yeah, catch up the, yeah, yeah i got the first one for you catch up and keep up with them so y'all can stay connected we're all definitely somebody you don't want to miss out on i'm so grateful that you decided to spend the evening with us i know it's late Thank out you. there on the east coast but you tapped in with us anyway Thank you. Um, and gems will drop if you are got in halfway through the conversation, catching it at the end, run it all the way back. Just just start from the beginning. Um, it'll be on Spotify, it'll be on Apple Podcasts, it'll be on Blog Talk Radio. It's already on Facebook, it's already on YouTube. Get this information. You think black people don't? 
But this rival right here is a very clear example that black people do. George's example that black people do. The chop up has an NFT. Black people do. We out here on the move. So uh, we out so- here. We <laughs> out here. My, I love it. I love my it. Son, my son is asleep. I gotta stop. <laughs> don't wake up Huey I'm gratefully appreciated those are my last talk my last take make sure y'all stay connected with us uh, Chop Up Show Pod on Twitter uh, at the Chop Up Show on Instagram uh, follow up with the apps e- e- like I told y'all again and share this content share this information and we'll see like, y'all share, Monday right uh, y'all go ahead and keep talking to us any final words for the people before we wrap up out of here uh, I got some final words, man. I, I think that the biggest thing is, yo, know, y'all all can do it. Like black people, we counted stars with our bare eyes. Um, we invented like deep calculations and under new understood the cycles of stars. Um, what is in front of you is easy. It's on YouTube. It may be a challenge, but it's like within your capacity. You don't you don't need to like have a clean criminal record. You don't need to have anything, but just commitment, time, dedication, and if it takes you five years. After those five years, you'll be able to make six figures, live a good life, yeah. and like be good. And like that's a little neoliberal, but I think that everyone here deserves to eat, and I believe in all of y'all. Love that. Plug, Lee. Yeah, man. Let me just say this about the neoliberal shit, man. Y'all niggas need me, okay? Like, y'all, we niggas need to gotta stay grounded. You feel me? We got we we gotta do the thing, but remember, we gotta. Where we come from, you know what I mean? Like, like we niggas at all, we all came from a struggle, you feel me? What happened is we we all taste some success though. You know what I mean? We all in places that like that's the people that see where we at now that seen us come up, look and be like, yo, y'all that y'all that, you know what I mean? So in a lot of ways, sometimes we we lose sight, you know what I'm saying, because it's success, you feel me? Mm-hmm. And so it's just about it's just about keeping shit grounded. Um I I I mean I I really appreciate this dialogue and this conversation because this is this is stuff that like i've already been like low-key researching and trying to understand and like having like but i but i know when i'm dealing with somebody who really in their shit you know i mean and so all every every objection that i posited today was was really for the sake of explaining it niggas need to know that they can create their own metaverse niggas Mm -hmm. need to know that they can code niggas need to know that having access to building these things is what makes it accessible to where you don't have to pay somebody or it's not a question of affordability when you know the like the bare basic bare minimum you know what i'm saying so you know hopefully we was able to kind of uh like really stress those points home that even with you know i mean the, the those objections being brought up it's ways that we can make this shit work for us i believe in voting god damn it come on now come on George. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop playing, yeah, with stop. that being said, Mr. Neon, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be short, short with it. Uh, man, get with it to get lost. That's really it. You feel me? Shit, get with it to get lost, man. Like, you know, that's, that's all it come down to. There we have it. Well, Sue, thank y'all in the comments, showing the love, talking with us all night, making your connections, learning your knowledge, dropping your own gems and jewels. We definitely appreciate y'all hollering at us. Y'all know how to stay connected until next Monday. Plug. Take us out. How you brought us in, bro? Y'all already know how it go. Me, my guys, we really live. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto.